So former Spur DeMar DeRosa had some things to say about playing in San Antonio. You are locked on Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kens 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. How are you all doing? Welcome back. Spurs don't play again in the preseason until Thursday against Orlando at home. So it'll be the first home preseason game. We'll talk about that later on this week. But what are we talking about today? DeMar DeRozan, the former Spur. Uh, did an interview uh, with uh, J.J. Redick. And in that interview, he talked about playing in San Antonio, not necessarily on the court, but off the court. We're going to be diving into that. What does that mean for the Spurs moving forward? And then just some quick thoughts on Sohan. It was the first time we got to see him in action since he was drafted. What do we think about at least through one preseason game? Who is helping me today? He is back, everybody. Been long gone for too long. He is San Antonio Sports Star's very own Michael Jimenez, host of Halftime. Michael, we missed you here at Los. Dude, I have missed you, and I have missed Spurs basketball. I cannot believe it's already October, and the regular season is like, what, two weeks away? I know, I know. Technically, the season hasn't started yet, but it's it's around the corner. It's, right, it's going up fast. So they're 0-1 in the preseason. No, we'll definitely talk about that in a while. But, yeah, it's... It's if it's one game and that's an example of the rest of the season. Buckle up, everybody! It's going to be a long season. Hey, Demar, even Devin Vassell said it after the game. He said it's going to be a very long season, but we'll talk about that in a moment. So, Michael, Demar had some things to say about mm-hmm. playing in San Antonio, and let, let's make this very clear, um, Mike, because a lot of Spurs fans think that it was clickbait. Oh, it's clickbait. It's not clickbait. He literally said this. So he goes on the J.J. Redick podcast, and uh, Redick talked to him about transitioning from the San Antonio Spurs to the Bulls. And let's make it very clear, Jimenez, he didn't disparage the Spurs at all. He actually praised them. You know, helped me elevate my game. Popovich did X, Y, and Z. It forced me to play point guard. Did wonders for my game. Yay, San Antonio. He made that very clear. But in that discussion, he talked about how he felt isolated, irrelevant, playing in San Antonio because of lack of media attention, lack of national broadcasted games. He talked about playing so well in San Antonio, Michael, that those games were not really looked at because the team was, you know, not nationally recognized. He meant it. He said a lot. It's a lot to unpack here. What did you take away from his comments? Well, the word irrelevant is big time. I mean, that may as well be a four-letter word. Um, lot. And it hurts a lot because I'm a huge Spurs fan, but it also hurts a lot because it reinforces the the perception that San Antonio is not a destination place for free agents. I know the Spurs got LaMarcus Aldridge back in the day, but the fact of the matter is Aldridge from San Antonio was from Texas. He uh, went to college in Austin. He was familiar with the area, so that's kind of that thing. But when, when DeMar DeRozan's going out there and saying that he felt irrelevant, 
that is painful. That that is a stab to the heart there. And he's not trying to be mean. Yeah. DeRozan no, is was, actually yeah. just being honest. He's just being brutally honest about the situation. You know, I know a lot of us here in San Antonio are not only big Spurs fans, but we take pride in our city. But keep in mind, understand this, that when NBA players take a look at the Alamo City, they look at it like, hey, that's a, guy, a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. And, and that's the thing going on with Pop and, and, and all that. You know, you hear all these players who say, yeah, we'd love to play for Pop. But how many of them want to live in San Antonio? It's a different right. deal, man. And, and you know, for, he didn't say anything bad about Pop. He didn't say anything bad about the Spurs organization. He said something bad in a backhanded way about just being here as an NBA star. And to say that it's irrelevant, it's, it's, it's the curse of being in a small market. And I don't, I don't fault DeMar DeRozan for what he says. Uh, I, I'm not hurt in the sense that I think that he was trying to be malicious or say something bad about San Antonio and take a swipe at us like Charles Barkley does on, on TNT. Right. But DeMar DeRozan was doing that. Was he just being brutally honest by saying, hey, look, you come to San Antonio, you essentially disappear. If you're not winning NBA titles, you are irrelevant. And case in point, when they were doing the rankings of the top NBA players and he was listed at number 81 or in the 80s at that. one point, yep. Remember that. And why is that? Because he was irrelevant. He was irrelevant because he was in San Antonio playing for a team that is not very sexy, that doesn't get media attention nationwide. And at this point in the, in the game, when the Spurs are going to if the Spurs are not getting attention as a 48-win team, what kind of attention do you think they're going to get as a 20-win team? Right, yeah. And, and you, you know, look at just this season. They only get one nationally televised game because it's the Warriors and it's the Dome game. You know, there's a lot of touchy feely stuff there. It's the 50th anniversary, right? Yeah, you know, I get that, but that's it. That's it. Uh, as of now, obviously they may shuffle some games as the season goes on, but as of now, the Spurs only get one nationally televised game. And during DeRozan's time in San Antonio, it wasn't like he was not not putting up good numbers. There were phenomenal numbers. String of 30-plus point games, you know, clutch shooting, you know, assist. He let the team in assist. He was putting on performances, but he didn't get – he didn't make the play, the All-Star team. It wasn't until he left, got traded to San Antonio to Chicago where he made it. The first time since his Toronto days that he made it. It wasn't in San Antonio. It was out, of, it was out in, in uh, Chicago. Now, it, it, it it's a little concerning in the sense of, his remarks couldn't come at a worse time in a rebuild because the Spurs are sitting on a boatload of cash. They got players that they could flip. They got play. They got max deals that they can hand out. You got to wonder if these marquee free agents might be. Yeah, but we heard what Demar had to say about playing in San Antonio, and then now that they're in a rebuild, Jimenez, it, it just bad timing. I mean, what we're hearing right now publicly from DeMar DeRozan, what I'm fearful of is what we do not hear, what is said privately between these players, because they all know each other. They're all friends. Yeah. It's not back in the day, like in the 80s, when they all hated each other. No, they're, they're not rivals. They're friends. And I bet you privately, when they talk about San Antonio, it's more brutal than what DeMar DeRozan had to say. Uh, at this point in the game, as a Spurs fan, 
I have come to the conclusion that I do not care about cap space. The Spurs could have three billion dollars in cap space. I know I'm just exaggerating, but right, right, right. Fact of the matter is, they're not going to get a a max player coming to San Antonio. Like, like those, like it, it, we we talk about this in, in in sports talk radio when it comes to an NFL franchise coming to San Antonio. It becomes fantasy talk after after a while, and I think that that's the thing when it comes to the Spurs right now and the free agent money and, and, and cap space and whatnot is I think that players will kick the tires with us just simply to drive up their own costs elsewhere. Right. And I don't care about the cap space anymore. I just think it's an irrelevant number because if we're going to be a better team, if we're going to get better and we're going to rebound and we're going to build a, a better team and, and become relevant again, it's going to be through the draft. It's not going to be through cap space. The only way that we're going to get it through cap space is that we go and we get picks because we take on someone's bad contract. We take on a Russell right. Westbrook type of contract. I, I I am now, as a Spurs fan, no longer caring about the gobs and gobs of money that we have in cap space. It, it is, as uh, DeMar DeRozan would say, irrelevant. Well, here's the thing, too. Not even when the Spurs are racking up titles that, that we see top-tier free agents knock on the Spurs' door saying, hey, we see you guys winning the playoff series and deep playoff marches, and we want to be part of that to get ourselves a ring. I mean, maybe it was a different time then, early 2000s, you, you know, that was still kind of a little bit of less teamy-uppy kind of vibes. But right. it, would sti- it was still there because the Spurs were still relevant when LeBron James, Wade, and Bosch did the Heatles, and they teamed up, and that's when they really pro- propelled it. And the Spurs could have had a little bit of that, but they didn't, at least to extend out uh, their yep. uh, dynasty years. And here's the thing, too. Even when Claw, Claw was here, I mean, sure, Claw, uh, Kawhi did say that he did make an attempt for the Spurs to urge the Spurs to trade for Paul George, but it wasn't like Paul George was knocking on their door saying, "We want to, I want to come play with you guys. Uh, you needed that marquee player, Kawhi Leonard, to push, urge, and get these guys on board to come to San Antonio. Spurs lack that now. I mean, Dejounte Murray tried. You know, he he tried. He you know remember the Zach right. Levine thing with the uniform um, meme, but it just didn't work. Hey, we're not done talking about this topic. When we get back, we're gonna continue talking about Demar Rose's comments about him playing in San Antonio and feeling irrelevant with Michael Jimenez of San Antonio Sports Star and host of Halftime. But before we do that, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to our new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light, chewy texture, real chunk, uh, chunky cookie dough. And, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. And it's healthy for you. Those cookie dough chunk puffs, 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. Go to Built.com right now. Get yourself a box for you, the family, the perfect treat. You can really find a good hiding place to just hoard it from themselves. Kind of like what I do. I just hoard it for myself and just go through the box as soon as I get them. And like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% chocolate. That means healthy and tasty. And yeah, that life fluffy texture is going to be so, so good for you. And the the Built Bars, they're made with collagen protein. That's just a way of saying it gets to your body efficiently and gives you tons of health benefits. Eat something good, tastes good, and it's good for you. 
the new cookie dough chunk puff. You're going to love it. Post game, uh, post game snack, snack for your workout. Yeah. If you late night treat, quick bite, go get yourself a box of built bars right now. Go to build.com. Use promo code lock 15. That gives you 15% off your order. Look, ditch the calories, fat and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Use promo code lock 15 over at built.com. We're back with Michael Jimenez with the San Antonio Sports Stars and co-host of Halftime. And make sure to follow him on Twitter at Mike ESPNSA. And Mike, you're, you're, you're definitely on fire with this topic. We're talking about DeMar DeRozan's comment about feeling irrelevant playing in San Antonio, not because of his play, but because it was in San Antonio and the lack of competition. So the Spurs, Michael, they are in a rebuild right now. And... We see it already. The proofs of the pudding. They're not going to get a lot of nationally recognized games. Is this team, I mean, what more does this team need to, I guess what I'm trying to get at is this team needs a marquee player, at least to start with there, to at least attempt to bring in players. But he made us not even when they had Tim Duncan, Tony, Manu, and Kawhi, that, that helped. Yeah, we're not going to build a free agency. It's just not going to happen. I mean, there might be some mid-level players some good role players, six-man type players who might come to San Antonio. Uh, but the idea that we're building through free agency is kind of fantasy land. Uh, Spurs fans were really, you know, uh, blessed to have Tim, Tony, and Manu and them not care about the, about the spotlight and whatnot. But, you know, when, when DeMar DeRozan goes on and say that we're irrelevant or he felt irrelevant, I mean, I think part of that is the fact that there's no brand that they can have here. Uh, Pop in the front office doesn't allow the players to be outspoken or be out front and center with the media to have podcasts, to do things like that. We joke all the time that Danny Green got traded from the Spurs and suddenly he had a podcast the very next day as though he had just gotten all that equipment, you know, the night before. Right. He's like, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure he wanted to do it, but Pop in the front office wouldn't let him do anything. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's irrelevant because they get muzzled when, when they're here. They cannot talk. They cannot do what they want to do or say what they want to say. They cannot be outspoken. It's just, you know, basically it's the culture of being a spur. And that doesn't fly. That flies when you have Tim, Tony, and Manu. But those guys are never going to come back. And it, it's just so bizarre that the front office just maintains the position that it maintains. And doesn't let people, doesn't let, I mean, look how, I mean, geez, it's just so frustrating to see that they're, they're shooting themselves in their own foot by not allowing their players to be themselves, not allowing yeah. them to be 19, 20, 21 years old and to be outspoken. You know, the Spurs way, it's cute when the Spurs are winning titles, but it's absolutely dumb and devastating when they're a bad team. And right now, I think Spurs fans are coming to grips with the fact that, yeah, we're we're bottoming out, but this bottom out might not be a V-shaped bottom out. We not we might not bottom out and bounce back up. We might be a bottom dweller for the better part of a decade. And it is, you know, it, it's it's you know, there's so much riding on this on this season. You know, the Spurs need to get a top five draft pick this upcoming year. Right. Well, here, just, here's the thing. It's here's the thing too. Jeff, it's heart wrenching. Well, I'm a huge Spurs fan, and and it's just like we we got treated to 20 years of winning, 
And now it's like, oh my God, this is the only sports franchise that we have here in the, in San Antonio that is big league, right? And just the understanding that we're back to where we were back in the mid eighties. It's been that long. I remember those days, man. Yep, I remember I those days of artists Gilmore and all, all the days of us had like terrible records. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, we're back to that, and it's well, not. Well, here's the thing too. Let's not forget DeJounte Murray's comments after he got traded as well. Remember, he said it's bigger. It's an issue in San Antonio bigger than basketball. So could yeah. we even referring to the culture there? Uh, we'll definitely see. He definitely got a little bit more active when he got traded on uh, social media. So there is that. It's you know, not player uh, friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, this is definitely going to be a topic that we're going to be uh, talking about a lot as this rebuild continues. Now, to the Spurs' credit, at least on their social media side, they're giving us glimpses into the Spurs and what they like. They recently put like this 50-second with uh, Kelton Johnson clip where they go over yeah, rapid-fire uh, questions. State, yeah, State-sponsored media, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> state-sponsored media. Man, Jimenez, you are just on fire right now with this topic. But we definitely want to hear from you. What do you think about what DeMar DeRozan had to say about playing in San Antonio and feeling irrelevant? Uh, bad timing now. Worst time now. Look, I mean, but Michael, don't you think money talks, though? You know, DeMar can say X, Y, and Z, but at the end of the day, Spurs got the cash. You know, money talks, Jimenez. That, that, that could, don't you rely on that as well? You can't tell me. If you're an NBA player, Michael Jimenez is a free agent and he's a sought out free agent and Team X can offer you a max deal. You're going to pass it up just because of the culture. Yeah, you pass it up, man. You pass it up because players make money two different ways. They make it off of salary. They make it off endorsement. And a big time player will make more money oftentimes by endorsements than they do salary. So that being said, yeah, you do pass it up. You pass it up in a heartbeat. And just keep in mind, I mean, it's just like there's nothing that the city offers that is enticing to a very, very young millionaire, right, who wants to be out and about. There's no, you know, there's no concert scene here. There is no big nightclub scene here. There's nothing fun for a 21-year-old out and about, 25-year-old out and about in the city. I mean. What are they going to do? You know, that's why they like going on the road. and They, they can go out and do things in Miami when they're there and, and in New York and in L.A. and whatnot. And San Antonio will never have that scene. You know, we're never going to have that nightlife social scene that these young players want. And, we, I mean, dude, we were 25 years old at one point. We were 21 years old at one point. You know, there's a certain lifestyle that you want to have, especially if you have money. And that's why the Spurs need to build through the draft. That's why the Spurs need to somehow or another entice foreign players to play here because foreign players don't care about big, big U.S. cities. And I've said that all along. And, and, and if you take a look at some of the Spurs draft picks most recently, you know, Joshua Primo from Canada, you know, you've got, uh, you've, you've got Jeremy Sohan, who's from Europe. So you, you've got, it's it's interesting. The Spurs are kind of doing that whole thing again where they're going back and, and even though they're drafting college players from the U.S., they're not from here, you know? Right. 
And um, so this right now, when I'm taking a look at what's going on with the Spurs right now, the outlook for this team, you know, I wanted this team to bottom out to get a Paolo Banquero or a Jabari Smith or a Chet Holmgren and, and hopefully bounce right back up. And when the when the Spurs traded DeJounte Murray, it was a, an indicator that, no, really what they want to do is scrap us for parts. And that is not what I wanted when I was saying Team Tank. Uh, I did not want to be scrapped for parts like they did when they traded DeJounte, when they got rid of certain players, and they're like, okay, what we're going to do now is just absorb draft picks and build over the course of the next 10 years. Um, it's It's devastating. And then to take a look and see all the, the, the bright minds that left San Antonio, from Becky Hammond to Ima Yatoka to Budenholzer to all of these guys, and to see that the cupboard's empty, uh, it's, it's going to be a long... And then you compound that with the fact that every third social media post that I see from the Spurs is an overture to Austin. You know what's yeah, going to turn me off? That you, know, what's you, know, you know what's going to turn me off this season? It's not going to be the losing going to be all the overtures to Austin. That's what's going to turn me off. What do you say? Team. We're in a thruple? Yeah, we are in a thruple. We're in an open relationship with Austin. And, um, you know, uh, everyone's saying that, San, that they're not going to leave us. And they may never leave San Antonio. That's, I would hope that the Spurs never leave San Antonio. Uh, but the, the open flirting with another city, um, especially when you're losing, is just it's tacky. It's it's obnoxious. Well, I mean, it, it might make business sense. Right. Uh, but to Spurs fans, to a lot of Spurs fans, not all of them. I don't speak for every Spurs fan. Uh, but it's it's tacky. And I, I take a look at that. And it turns me off. Like, turning me off is not going to be them losing by 30 points. Turning me off is going to be seeing, hey, Austin, take a look at us. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I, that that is definitely that. yeah, that's definitely a sensitive topic among Spurs fans. I mean, there's just read the writing on the wall, fan base. This team is moving. Then there's you're out of your mind. This team is staying fan base. So it's a really lightning rod for Spurs fans. But when we get back, we're going to continue our chat with Michael Jimenez of San Antonio Sports Star. We're going to talk about the number nine pick, Jeremy Sohan, and what do we think in his uh, debut with the San Antonio Spurs. We're back with Michael Jimenez right here We're on Locked On Spurs. He is with San Antonio Sports Star, and he is the host of Halftime. He's going to tell you all about that in just a few minutes. So we finally got a look at Jeremy Sohan, the Spurs' number nine pick, the highest pick they've had in recent years. And, uh, yeah, because he didn't play with Team Poland over the summer. He did not play at the Vegas Summer League due to uh, health and safety protocols. So the Spurs, Spurs fan base finally got to look at what he can do. And I got to tell you, Michael, he's showing that he can do a little bit of everything on both ends of the court. Defensively, the blocks, offensively, he had a three. What What did you take away from the young man? You know, it's kind of hard to take away um, much of anything. I mean, it's nice to know that we have this youth movement going on with the Spurs right now, but with Sohan, um, I don't know what to expect. Uh, Going to be honest with you, I, I, I wasn't big on Sohan uh, pre-draft. I understand why right. they first got him. Uh, they use the phrase bouncy big a lot, and it's like he's a defensive-minded guy first. So he's going to be somebody who uh, a lot of what he does is going to show up on the box score. 
Um, but if he can be somebody who can put up eight to 10 points a game, just give us that and be someone who could swallow people up defensively. I'll take it. You know, I'll right. take it. That's a piece. Yeah. Do I think Sohan's going to be a star? Probably not. But can he be somebody who can be part of this team for a good period of time and, and be part of the eight man rotation and, and maybe become a starter? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, but what I take away from him and the youth movement is is that it's going to take time for these guys to build rapport with each other, and and it's going to take time for them to understand and anticipate where they're going to be on the uh, on the court. Uh, you know, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones likes to use the phrase "know where every car is on the freeway," right? And that's that's the problem that the Spurs are going to have right now with this youth movement. But Jeremy Sohan is it's fascinating what what he can bring to the table. And just to say that I wasn't like high on him doesn't mean that I don't think he's talented. There were other players that I liked more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand why they picked him. And you saw that this past weekend. You understand that it's his movement. It's his body style. He has, a, he has an adult body. You know, he, can, he is somebody who can go in there and, and, and bang around and get rebounds and do all the dirty work and be our version of Draymond Green if we need him to be. Yeah. So I'm no, excited to have a long yeah, if anything, you know, uh, Malachi Branham really opened my eyes. Uh, we're talking about the youth movement of the rookies. You know, 14 minutes, 10 points uh, off the bench. Really looked fluid out there. He said after the game that a lot of the guys, he felt it was just more mental and just come out and just play basketball. But he really opened eyes. Wesley, rough night for him. 21 minutes, 7 points, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. But Sohan, again... He's the focus of this quick segment here. And yeah, you know, I like what I saw. Really good moving defensively, covered a lot of ground, good length, got in good transition, hit the three point shot. It was his first game. So you kind of give him a little bit of a pass. It is his NBA debut. You know, there's a reason why maybe Branham looked better because he had that Vegas experience under his belt. So, and just his first time, but we'll definitely get to see what Sohan will bring in the next preseason game when the Spurs take on the Magic. Did you think he should have started? I, I thought that was interesting. He did not start. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, wasn't the big old announcement was that the Spurs had named four starters and had no idea who right. was going to be number yeah. five? Exactly. Good God. Good I God. Know. Yeah, and did you I see Popovich e- e- eating a burger at, at the post-press conference? Yeah. Eating a burger. But, hey, I guess he was hungry. But... We're done talking. We want to hear from you. What did you think about DeMar DeRozan's comments about playing in San Antonio and feeling irrelevant? Uh, not a good sign for you. Does that just it hurt the Spurs in their rebuild? Coming from a, an all-star like DeMar DeRozan. And what did you think about the young man, Jeremy Sohan, in his NBA debut? Jimenez, take over the mic. Tell us why everybody needs to be listening into Halftime, your show. Oh, man, because Cowboy fans are excited right now. Super Rush has won three in a row. So we talk sports, pop culture, nostalgia at halftime from 12 to 2. And a lot of it's going to be about the Cowboys this week because uh, they're surprising a lot of people. Jerry Jones saying that he wants to have a um, a quarterback controversy. Well, he's got one now. He's yep. got one now. So Definitely you know, we does. Talk about sports. We talk about music and movies and streamings and all, all things pop culture. We get nostalgic about sports and about uh, music from the past. So it's a fun show, 12 to 2 on 94.1 FM. By the way, uh, the last time I was on halftime, you asked me about my Tom Hanks favorite movies. 
yeah. I forgot one and, and I, I'm like kicking myself. So I've been meaning to, to amend it. Uh, I need to add Saving Private Ryan. You know, I mean, that's that's one of his greatest movies, but I don't consider it a Tom Hanks movie. You know, that makes that? That make sense. No. Yeah, it's more of an ensemble than anything else to me, in my eyes, anyway. It's a great movie. I mean, one of the greatest war scenes of all time starts a movie. Uh, but that's all based on a conversation about Tom Hanks talking to People magazine, saying that um, he's only done four really good movies in his career. He didn't name them. And it's got us thinking, well, which four is he talking about? And I think I chose for my four, uh, you know, I chose uh, Forrest Gump because it's Forrest Gump. Right, Planet Forrest Loud. Gump, yeah. Uh, A League of Their Own because Jimmy Dugan is my favorite Tom Hanks character. Uh, and, now, and, and picking three and four was very, very difficult because uh, you could have gone with Toy Story. I went with Big. And then my That's a good fourth one. Yeah. One, yeah. Uh, my fourth one, which is probably one that is, is a makes me hypocritical, because if I say that Saving Private Ryan is more of an ensemble, well, then Apollo thirteen is an ensemble as well. Oh yeah, that there's, there's yeah, something that. about about Apollo thirteen that I love. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, you know, Apollo thirteen was good. I, I don't know. But, I mean, yes, it was an ensemble. Was it Kevin Bacon and Hanks and uh, Gary, Gary, Gary Sinise? Sinise. Yeah, and, uh, Ed Harris. But, yeah, Ed Harris. But he was he was thrusted into the main spotlight, though. I mean, he played. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he was yeah, the, the yeah. first step forward, the first foot forward. And, uh, right, right. And then, and then with yeah, Philadelphia, yeah. But then with Saving Private Ryan, was it him or Matt Damon that was in that was in the spotlight? I mean, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, yeah. Private Ryan isn't even him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, but it, it is a Tom Hanks movie, but to me, it's more of an ensemble. I don't. When I think of like greatest characters that Tom Hanks has ever done, I don't think of his character in that movie. But it might be the greatest of all his movies. But he's right. just a piece of the puzzle as opposed to the main course. Are we forgetting the Green Mile? Gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh well, I think movie review just... Wednesdays. That could be it right there. Another reason why I need to check out halftime. Uh, with Michael Jimenez for his movie reviews Wednesday. They are fun. I enjoy them. I am glad he gave Cloak and Dagger, the greatest San Antonio movie ever made, an A. I think it was an A, right? Reed? I pushed you to an A? I think you pushed me to an A minus. A minus, okay. It was surprisingly good. The first 20 minutes, I was completely baffled and lost. Uh, but the last hour or so, I was like, okay, I see where we're going here. Not there bad. You go. Not, it was good. Follow Michael Jimenez on Twitter at MikeESPNSA. Follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And hey, thanks again for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Now, make sure to check out the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview starting October 10th, a six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network, Odyssey, all combining into one Ultimate NBA Preview. October 13th, search for the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 in your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts, and subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube as well. And again, we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. So for Michael Jimenez, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock in this episode of Lockdown Spurs. 